Welcome to That Now Podcast, the only podcast mad enough to embark on a musical journey through the rollercoaster of jams, jumbles and jewels of now that's what I call music compilation albums. I'm Louis and joining me as always are our highly qualified resident audiophiles, Marita. Hi. And James. Hello. To listen to the Spotify playlist for this episode's tracks, please click the link in the description. And if you want to get in touch, please email thatnowpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram at thatnowpodcast. Coming up, we go ditzy for Duran, sweaty for Sledge, and wacky for Womack. Plus, look forward to us doffing our caps, Louis Wet of the Week, and more. During the pod, all three of us will pick three tunes from the compilation. These will go to a final poll that you, the listener, can vote for. The top 10 of 1984 will then be inducted in the Hall of Fame, 83-84. So let's turn on the wireless and find out if that is indeed now. That's what we call music. Um, how are we both? Okay? Yeah, thanks. Great. Great seeing you guys. Great seeing you guys. <laughs> you missed us, James? Oh, of course. Talk about great music, right? That's what Fantastic. we do. That's what we do. Um, you were saying that you like my icebreakers, Jim. Everyone mm-hmm. does now. Staple part of this podcast. Uh, and in that note, I'm going to veer away from them because oh. actually I've got a different question, which is much more simple but very music orientated. I went to a gig this week and I went quite blind to a gig, which I never usually do. I'm going on recommendations of people, maybe heard one song, two songs, and I had a blinder. Wouldn't say it's the best gig I've ever been to in my life. That doesn't matter. It wasn't about being the best gig in your life, but it was great. So I just want to know, what's one of the best gigs you've ever been to and why? Mine's going to be incredibly predictable. I went to see LCD Sound System in Amsterdam in 2017, I think, uh, back-to-back at Paradiso. So maybe like Tuesday night, Wednesday night, fell asleep on the stairs in my flat on the Tuesday night. I had to ring and work sick on the Wednesday Wednesday. Wednesday morning. Sorry, James, none of that happened when I used to work for you. And <laughs> no, I'm sure it did not. It's a good, it's a good reveal now, though, wouldn't it? Can you get a sacked post working there? Can you get, like, sort of retroactively sacked? No, no. Um, although I did go in on the, what was it, like the Thursday morning, and I was walking down the corridor towards somebody, and they were, like, staring at me. And, like, I kind of got past them, and they were like, You've got glitter on your face. <laughs> it's like not, not properly you've got some glitter around my hands. Um but that was probably the best gig I've ever been to. All day awesome. were the best gigs I've ever been to. Just because that was two nights in a row you went. Two nights on the chart, yeah. Oh, that's super, super impressive. I yeah. rate that a lot. I also want a name for the disease you got, which involves glitter and you had to be sick the next day. Medical name for that, please. Glitteritis. Glitteritis, yeah. Although that's, yeah, that's making oh, yeah, you think we're another, yeah, we're not, not. we're not going to go down that. <laughs> uh, James, any uh, things spring to mind for you? If I mean, you've seen The Cure in Lisbon, they did three, three and a half hours. It was, he's by the sea and it was very foggy and misty, if I remember rightly. And all the, all the, all the fog has been like mixed in with the lights, the purple and blue lights from the, from the stage and you know, Robert Smith just took us on a journey that night, and uh, as cheesy as it sounds, and the set list was just so good. You know, it was um, you know, like very introspective, and then he'd play a hit, then a few introspective songs, and play a hit, and just yeah, just the cure being absolutely brilliant, and being in Lisbon, obviously, and just buzzing. 
and having a great time with your friends and uh, yeah, being out every night till 6am and oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. Smashing. Great holiday. Oh, smashing lads. Smashing. What about uh, being rescued you've been to? Well, I don't know. I, I mean, things that spring to mind are sort of quite dancey. I wouldn't say they're necessarily like gigs. I mean, like they are technically gigs, but like if they haven't got a band, is it a gig? Yeah. Like a DJ set or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's all right. I'm El Uh I saw a guy, uh, Paul Kalkbrenner, in um, Melt Festival in Germany, like an abandoned quarry. And he's sort of like quite dancey, like fun vibes, but he sings over all his tracks. So he's DJing, but singing with a mic friend there at the same time. Sounds quite novelty, but it's it was just so fun. Like I was just him and his brother. We got a song called "Sky and Sand," Fritz Kalkbrenner, uh, and it's just like one of those hands in the air vibes. And I was just like, if he plays that, that's 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 the year done. I'm sorted, you know. And a nice thing about him is that he used to be a bouncer at that festival before he was big. So it's a nice come around uh, for him and for me. That would probably be my standout from what I remember. This is about Now 3, the beginning of Now 3, from July 1984, and we're, this is side one, as it were, side mm-hmm. one of the vinyl. That's the sort of format we do, 15 tracks. And I'd say so far, this is probably the best album we've had so far. Completely concur. Yeah. I'm a bit more on the fence. Bit more on the fence. We'll get to that. We'll get to the views and feelings. But just on the the idea that this is one of the best, we are starting with the worst <laughs> of it all, probably. And, you know, a fan hatred definitely amongst this group. Not a hatred. Hate is a strong word. Yes. But is it strong enough? You know, really. And of course it's our friends. Duran Duran with the reflex. Now, I said last time I'd be happy if they came up again and we just skip. Uh, and this, that still applies. However, we are true to format. We are true to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we are true to Duran Duran. Marita takes away. So I initially hated it. Then it gets going a bit. We were like, oh, it's not actually that bad. And then the pitch changed. Oh, certainly. <laughs> and then it made me feel physically unwell. Um, yeah. So um, I, th- I, I can only assume it would do quite well in a bit of a cheesy film. You know, in Donnie Darko, when they have that Tears for Fears song. Right, yeah. Add well. Then, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of tacky, but it also kind of makes it good. Um, I'm unsure if I'd like to be like leathered somewhere and that uh, one and it'd be great or you'd just, you know, nip out to the smoking area, have some deep chats. And <laughs> I don't know. Well, it just kind of, I found it I sort of like, you know, it's, it's that sort of, that chorus where you go, well, you know, that is, that is just a nuisance. Like that's just a problem. And, it, you know, like it's asbo worthy. Uh, and it sort of sounds like, not like this is happening right next to you. It sounds like upstairs is drilling. 
and it's a you know so it's that noise that's entering you and making you very like sensitive to that oh, what's that I'm really unrelaxed this is not like a song that you know and the, the fact i've just said oh this is a song this is not just an annoying neighbor i think yes again you've i don't know what you're thinking Duandra, like all of them are sounding like this kind of off-key pitch bollocks that, uh, you know, good for the people who like it. Like, absolutely. Can you just make sure you just keep that into your headphones and never show any of that to the public? I don't understand why people were lapping it off in the 80s. James? Uh, just again, like what I said last last time, um, this like faux intellectualism of Duran Duran. You know, like I said, they get they have good titles. This album's called Seven and the Ragged Tiger. It's like almost, <laughs> sounds like a novel. You know, like uh, it's that good though. Like Life of Pi. Like oh, these guys are deep. But then you hear it, and it's what I wrote is this music for bank managers. <laughs> Don't worry. You can imagine nineteen eighty four, a lot of suits dance into this, and it's just. As I said, like again last week, I think I talked about they use they the music barely sounds human. They bet there's no emotion to it, you know. Like you can have electronic music and have emotion, mm. and this is just kind of dry and cold, sterile, sterile, and it's just a void of any depths. Everything's very shallow sounding, and mm. yeah, can't stand it. Uh, Duran Duran, they've gone. I used to just think they're just well, I used to think they're pre-back average 80s band and now just think they're dreadful to be honest after being exposed to more of their, their music so how much hate well do you think we'll get once we get listeners <laughs> yeah well yeah I think that I mean let's just let's just let's just a little sample of the lyrics for everyone uh, just a little paragraph I'll give you faux intellectual sterile bollocks the reflex is a lonely child who's waiting by the park. It's waiting by the park. The, the reflex is in charge of finding treasure in the dark. You know, this is like 12-year-old writing, isn't it? And watching over Lucky Clover. Isn't that bizarre? And every little thing the reflex does leaves you answered with a question mark. Oh, oh my goodness. It's sort of like, it's just, it's just, well, it's just trying to rhyme, isn't it? It's just yeah. trying to rhyme. Just, just tick that box. Um, but yeah, I think let's put the bit of rocket and fire them into the sun. <laughs> Down with that. Yeah. Yep. Sounds good to me. Run, don't you lose it. I prefer Maria's versions are better than that. Right? Yeah, that is, <laughs> mate, you can sing as well. Um... This band's really coming together now. <laughs> I think we need to uh, do a trading standards uh, case against Simon Le Bon because he's not, he's whatever, Mal, he's Mal. Simon Le Bon. Mal. Yeah. yeah. That one's a mal -ish. Well, there'll be a bit more French chat coming up. Some French wordplay for you there, sophisticated. For you, have you any audience? I think Blancmange will have something to say about that, mate. Mm. Do you think there's some kind of nominative determinism with Sam the Bond? That he, with his surname like that, he's always going to turn out, he's always going to get lucky. Do you think his whole family are lucky as well? Oh, it just seems like it's written in the stars a little bit. What, how do you think Trevor Le Bon's gone in life? <laughs> his brother. Well, that's investigate the Le Bon family tree. <laughs> 
Uh, to a favourite of James's, I'm sure. James's boy, crazy for Kershaw. It's the boy, Nick. It's the boy Kershaw with, I won't let the sun go down on me. I won't let the sun go down. I mean, you can't not enjoy that again. Yeah. Uh, just going to just go, Louis, what's of the week? Wet, 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 wet of the week. Okay. Wet? I, I wouldn't think it was wet enough, but uh, it's good. I, I actually wear my wetters. I haven't been very wet ass this week. With uh, I've been hard pushed. I'll get into it in a minute. But James, as a fanboy, tell me. Yeah, I like Nate Kershaw, you know that. And this song's about nuclear apocalypse. He doesn't want the sun to go down on him. I think the first verse, the lyrics may be a bit questionable, but I quite like the ver- second verse lyrics when you're thinking about a nuclear apocalypse. Apparently Nick wanted it to be a folk song originally, like a t- almost like a protest song. And I could see that, well, you know, light is in the air to uh, a chorus of, oh, oh, I'll let the sun go down, okay. But I think this is an uh, admirable effort from Mr. Kershaw. And I just think he's a good kind of 7 out of 10 artist for the 80s. And uh, yeah, he's original, I think. So I like that about him. He, mm. He's distinct, I think. He is distinct. I think his previous, what's his previous song called? I can't remember. You got it, but I can't remember what he's previously. But anyway, yeah, I like Nick Kershaw, and um, you know we got Nick Kershaw and we got Howard Johns, so these two singular artists working their way through all the now albums. It's yeah. interesting to see them develop. So yeah, I like this song. It's a good tune. I uh, I think it's uh, Marita's to let me know what you think of this. I think it's all it's good, and I do enjoy it. I, as I said, it's Louis West of the Week, which I'll get to. But it's definitely su- suffering from Medit Work syndrome. Right? I had to that. Did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old men in stripy trousers, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, it's great. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying it's bad. It's just, it's it's an interesting thing of the time where people seem to talk a bit like this and fit a few many words in the end, you know. Um, but I like it. I like it. He can write a cheeky hook, can't he? Um, but yeah, Mal, what did you think? Yeah, uh, Pete Rooks, same as you, Great Hawk. Sounds a bit Man Down Under-esque. But I also thought that might be too generous. I was laughing at the lyrics. 40 winks in the lobby make mine a G&T. What's that about? Is that to get him up or is that to get him to sleep? <laughs> Good question. Yeah, first or just sleep bad. Or just during your sleep, so just in a little straw. Just. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I think you'd probably, yeah, I don't know when you'd want that really. You probably wanted to go to sleep. I imagine. It's not that you'd be too excitable with the fizz. Mm, the fizz could get you. Panic, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, Nick, mate, he, he does write a good little ditty, doesn't he? A stone cold classic Sister Sledge thinking of you. Speechless. I have been Golly gosh. Yeah? It is divine. It's magical. Ethereal. It's just an incredible song. It's probably... It, I think it might be perfect. Uh, it's the perfect length, the way it ramps up, slows down, and then when she says you, and it es- I'm not even going to try and hit that note, but you know... You, it's, it's absolutely phenomenal. Definitely like top 50 songs of all time. I think this is interesting that, you know, it's 1984 
and Niall is coming up with these songs and I'm not saying that it's not a good song but I think what we're seeing here is kind of like Disco on the decline, right? Disco is in its dying embers right now. Is that I just jump in? Very sorry, quickly. Copy the fact to back up what you were just saying there. Interesting fact. The song was released in 84. It was recorded in 1978. So six years in the making. So whatever problems they had getting it out, there's an interesting part of that, Jim, is that obviously you're right. He's writing in a disco era for it only to be released six years later. Yeah, like the B-side is He's a Great Dancer and I think that's from 77 as well. And, I, I, you know, I see this kind of Nile Rogers formula. He's got excellent guitar. The strings are very lush. Great vocal. Great groove. And this is, all these things together make a really good song. I did like it. It's just obviously, I think disco at some point just starts to feel a bit samey, you know, because they've all got these same characteristics and mainly they're all written by Nile Rogers. <laughs> and... I think, you know, if I hear this song in isolation, I'm like, yeah, I like it. I just think in the context of this album in 1984, um, I, I get the feeling that at this point, the audience is drying out for this kind of music because they've had this since 77, this kind of music, you know, and they're looking for something else. But that's me contextualizing because I do think it's yeah. a good song. And like Marita said, I like it. It takes 38 seconds to get going. And we've said this in the past about songs being able to breathe and have an intro and have space. And the, the the vocal is really, really good. I, I, I was quite surprised to hear a disco song like this in 1984. So then I kind of like extrapolated that and then kind of thought about it more. But yes, yeah, that's my take. I mean, I do think it's a good song. I, I think it's like the best disco song for me. I, I think, like I get your context. Uh, it's like completely the best of disco. That is like, if, you, if I think of me... And disco songs, I love disco music, but like when I think straight away, it's this song, and sure. I love all the remix of it, and I love any time anyone drops it, it's faster or slower, and I just I'm obsessed with this song. I I've always loved it, um, from the first five seconds of listening to it ever. Not that I remember that moment, but I've it's never been. I don't, I I think it's I don't get bored of it, hundred percent not. Um, Wittering on I am, but I do want to ask you what there is a quiz, not that you would maybe know, but what Sister Sledge's original name was. Sibling Slide? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, it's about the family, right? They're all sisters. Kathy Sledge, only sixteen when she sang this song. Can you believe? Oh, her surname's actually Sledge. No one called Sledge. Sisters. Yeah. Sledge sisters. Uh they were all called Mrs. Williams' grandchildren doesn't doesn't quite have doesn't quite have the ring, does it? Um, but sweet nonetheless. It'd be quite an own goal, Miss, if they didn't do Sister Sledge. Like, come on, Sledge, <laughs> we're all sisters. Um, I wonder how long it took them to bash that one out. But um, staring at you in the face, sorry. Yeah, it really is. Um, some nice comments from YouTube. Between that guitar riff by Noel Rogers and that bass line by Bernard Edwards, and of course the Sledge Sisters, this couldn't be anything less than a work of art. Can I get a witness? Testify. Testify me, I'm one, I'm a witness. Mal, you're a witness? Absolutely. And I'm going to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, a witness to that Hall of Famer right there. 100%. That's two hands up. That's two hands up. Lovely. 
lovely stuff. And just a sad one to end on. We're not a sad podcast necessarily, but I did cry when I was listening to it and someone had written under it. My wife used to sing this to me, sent my ego into space. R.I.P. my darling. So lovely, lovely pour out for that YouTube commenter there. Cool. Gorgeous though, isn't it? To think. Anyway, we can move on on that somber note. Can I just say that's a new life goal to have somebody sing that song to me? Oh, now I think you need to kiss someone first before that happens. But <laughs> kiss them with confidence, and then uh, thinking of you. Yeah. Mm. To one of the more interestingly named uh, bands of the time, Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark with their Ode to Transport Locomotion. James, a little oh, a lovely shake of the head. Oh, that was like a that was like a football manager after a three 0 defeat. We talked about Muzak before, and this is really on that level of absolute dreadful. I'm crossing every ocean for the sake of locomotion. What? Now, I think this sums it up really well. That Peter Hook from New Order called it a dreadful offering, but the bare naked ladies drummer Tyler Stewart said it's darn good. And I'm with Mr. Hook on this one, not the bare naked ladies drummer. So, yeah, I just found it drivel. It's barely a song. It's a drum beat with a little parting trumpet and terrible yeah, lyrics. It's terrible, isn't it? I mean, do they is it? Do they just love trains? Is that what it's about, or is it just like, and you know, transport hubs? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was just crap, wasn't it? So that was really deeper meaning when it has absolutely no meaning. No, it's got little. No. Uh, someone's described, some review I wrote was describing it as, this is, this is three words, but probably the most loaded load of bollocks I've ever read. The Indie Beatles. What? Oh. The Indie Beatles. Okay, so the- was in the dark. How many likes did that have? How many people are deranged enough to go along with that? You think I'm going to click smash that like button? <laughs> smash that like if you agree with me. It's good. It's good trolling though. It's good oh, to yeah. people. It's because it, actually it'll get good traction. So actually, yeah. hats off. Just a little bit of lyrics. I can't say no. I can't say yes. I can't even write down my own address. <laughs> you couldn't be asked right one lyric. I don't know where I live. I'm literally, I've just, I've been kicked out of my house. I'm not allowed to come back. I have to write in this dirge. Yeah, rubbish. Um, This was another, this was an actual review by uh, Debbie Voller of Number One. She wrote, OMD have travelled second class. This sounds like a chugging steam train because it never picks up speed. The only thing it's got going for it is a steel band playing on board. So many good transport references that I'm enjoying there. Yeah. And I actually couldn't have put it better, could she, are Debbie? So thanks, Debbie, for summing up that. I mean, I was a bit like Matt Bianco, wasn't it? Should be on a child's TV show about... Matt Bianco's better than this. Yes, he's trying something. It's energetic. If we're going for a transport metaphor, this is the Hindenburg. Oi. Oi, oi. Very good. You should be writing with Debbie at number one. That kind of <laughs> zingers. But no, you're on a free podcast, not earning anything. Wasting just with your two pals. 
Ultravox, Dancing with Tears in My Eyes. I will start by saying I couldn't have been more in the middle of the road for this of meh. Meh. Mal? I think it was terrible. The only thing that made me laugh was the kind of echo that they were doing. Like the late, 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 drink, drink, drink. <laughs> yeah. I listened to it like three times on the trot to see if it kind of elicited a new emotion within me, but it didn't stay. I could just, nothing. Yeah, no, sorry. Nothing. No, yeah. Yeah. No, nothing. Maybe you like meh. Yeah. James, any meh, mehs for you? And the, yeah, this is why, you know, we talked about, I think this album, the strong tracks on this album are really strong, but the weak yeah. tracks are just so soul-draining. Yeah, this is apparently about Nuclear Apocalypse's song, and I, I think it's a lot about that in this album. We need a new playlist of the, like, crap 80s songs about Nuclear Apocalypse. Just because you say it's about Nuclear Apocalypse doesn't make it good. It's just dreadful. Yeah. And if the DJ put this on, I would be dancing with tears in my eyes. Tell you that. <laughs> there should be an award at the end of the year for the best one of those. Um, Singer of the Week. Singer of the Week. Zigger. Uh, so, like, obviously, it's about a nuclear apocalypse and everything. And you know, you know, if you did want to know, it stems from a book called On the Beach, where you know a group of people in Australia are waiting it and are waiting at a nuclear apocalypse. So, I, icebreaker, what would you do with your last moments if you had a nuclear apocalypse, Kelly? Where would we be when it happened? Um, well, according to this, you'll be on a beach in Australia. Go for a little swim. Probably in the hopes that I'd drown before the apocalypse came because I can't swim. So probably be better when you No. Really? Yeah. Do you want to swim? No, not really. I mean, I could probably, you know, back crawl or so fine, but yeah, float. Yeah. As the, I remember they made us jump in the swimming pool when we were at 11 with our clothes on and it just terrified me so much. Um, and yeah, I don't want to learn to swim. But anyway, that's what I do. Just hop in, in the sea. Hop in, hop in and drown yourself first. <laughs> uh, that's just a good, it's a good a positive start to the apocalypse. Um, James? I mean, whatever we say is going to end up in a fiery death, right? So, mm. oh, I don't know, probably something immoral. How immoral? Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I honestly have no idea. So it's like, is this like a force majeure thing? He's in that movie about... Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Where he runs away from the avalanche yeah. and yeah. leaves his family behind. That's right. And just comes back. It's like nothing's happened. Very good. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Um, I only saw that the other day, actually. I'd probably just reach for my uh, Howard Jones LP and just put that on and just enjoy that. Would you listen to... What would you listen to? If you, okay, there you go. What's the one song you listen to before the end? What, real song or a Howard Jones song? No, whatever song you like. Oh. Don't be too quick. You've got to be quick about it. One, two, three, first thing that comes into your head. Uh, Jupiter by Gustav Holst. Oh, yeah. Was in the the classical, like, Beautiful. Oh, wow. Okay. Good choice. Mal? This must be the place, talking heads. Of course. Yeah. What were you choosing? Uh, I, I, do you know what? I, I wasn't asking me, so I didn't think. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> but uh, you can you can surprise me later, and I'll see what comes to my mind first. Okay, all right. Um, speaking of Howard Jones, he's up next. He's on the beach with a pearl in the shell. Oh, James, do you want to? You should take it. Oh, I'm sorry, I just had to grab that. <laughs> Don't ever do that to me again. <laughs> Cross the boundary. You crossed the boundary. Uh, mate, um, Howard. Mates, Howard. So I brought Howard back, and he's got my cat. He's nicked it. But does he just still deserve it? Well, James, let me know. What do you think? Uh, Howard's let himself down. He has. He has. It's, it's very mid, this song. I like his little fault that he's doing in the verses, but that is literally it. It's a very mid song. It's similar to the orchestral maneuvers in the dark uh, song. Yeah. Honestly, I pretty distinguished them at some point. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, really poor from Howard. And we, we got our expectations because we like him a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, shame. Not a very nice song. Not a very good song. Not interesting. Did you, did you know the horn bit at the start? Do you remember that? So, so I, I tell it literally dozens of times that I can. It doesn't go in. It really reminded me of something, but I just cannot remember what it was. I, uh, but yeah, I agree. I think my love affair with Howard is, uh, or Hojo is on YouTube, defending his call. That's amazing. Hojo, I know, isn't it? Hojo. Um, he'll be back. Yeah, so it's, 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 it'll be. He will. Just like James Bond, he'll be back next. Exactly. Or Boris. Marita? I was just reading everything. Pitch is off again. Another song was a bad, bad pitch. I said the synth kind of slaps, but mainly just sounds like it's off key and is a bit of shit. It's a bit shit. <laughs> <laughs> off key and shit. Stump. Blamange. Am I saying that right? Blancange. Blamange. Like the pudding. Um, don't tell me, but do tell me about it, Marita. Tell me your thoughts on Blumange. Don't tell me. Uh, I think it's uh, not the best Blumange song, but it is very Blumange. Um, I honestly had nothing else to say about it. Yeah, um, it's apart from insane. yeah, apart from it's off a, an album called Monge Two, which right. I enjoyed. I wrote that as well. <laughs> And if that's the level. That's the level that we're at. Um, it's uplifting, but also very lackluster. So, I, 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 it's, it's also got mange in the title again, the sort of eating French heavy. We were all right last week and we're French this week. Yeah, yeah. We'll both. Still time for some alt right stuff. This, uh, Le Pen. Come in. Come in. Our guest Le Pen is coming up shortly. Um, um, yeah, it never really gets going there for me. Building something that doesn't quite come. It's often a problem with some of the tunes we've featured. Dodgy flute noise as well as a dodgy little sound coming from them. Um, James, any thoughts before I tell you what our friend Debbie Voller thinks in it? It's just, it sounds really dated to me. You know, I think a lot of 80s songs, I think you can hear that they sound of the 80s but don't necessarily sound too dated this sounds really dated to me it just sounds lifeless yeah. um so yeah not really cool yes and again a life training song we had four in a row and that's what really put me off this album 
But I get no, no, I, I didn't quite understand or hear what you said. That it's just very like the, the, we've had four in a row of like really life draining songs, orchestral maneuvers, like that, trade, yeah, yeah Ultravox, Howard Jones, this Blumarship, and you know, like listening to this album, thinking, oh, trying to get into it, trying to get into it. These four songs just kept on destroying my life. Basically, so it's a good point. Actually, that ordering was fucking. This is it. I think the tech yeah. ordering is what really brings this. Out. It's a good album. I think yeah, I just rearranged it, but I needed to spread that a bit because there was some real. Dirge there, and I was losing well to live a bit when I was doing my homework. Uh, there with that four in a row, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, Debbie's thoughts on it was uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast, a couple of times. That's all I'm saying, you know. Our old you know, Debs, I'm not looking for Debs, she's finding us, you know. Uh, well, anyway, our Debs, uh, Miss Voller, Miss Voller, uh, she thinks the song's so bouncy it sounds as if it was recorded on a highly strung trampoline. <laughs> Which I think is fair. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, and her peer, Daniel Miller, affectionately referred to them as a band as a whole as the maiden aunts of electronic music. What does that mean? Yeah. What's a maiden aunt? I don't get it. I don't either, but I wanted to say what you thought. Um, like a, is it really to a spinster? So maiden, a handmaiden. Iron maiden. <laughs> Made as like a girl, isn't it? Yeah, but is it like a derogatory term? Why are they not saying like you know it's uh, like the godfathers of? Yeah, that would be way. An altar has never been married. Typically characterised as prim or old fashioned. Yeah, it's a spinster. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a bit electronic like music. It's quite a handy compliment. It's quite a good this, isn't it? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> what are you the spinster of? <laughs> I feel like it. Maybe this isn't the right arena, but because I'm on this podcast with two men, mm. you don't really have derogatory terms of single men, do we? You call you a bachelor, but even that's mm. always said in a bit of an envious way. Basement dweller, Aiden, huh? Basement dweller. It's not really incel, is it? Incel. Incel's bad as fuck. We're big. No, we're big fans of incels, are we? Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, calling yeah. out. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, um, just uh, if you want to get in touch, that's <laughs> at QAnon dot, dot fuck you, you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, yeah, uh, that's a good point, Marita. Can you think of any? No, I mean, you say like, or oh, cat lady and spinster or maiden aunt or, you know. Old smelly man. That's a few words. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah there must be a sort of old man, you know, there must be something that's a little bit. But you're right. The patriarchy wins again. Yeah. Yeah. Just something he's a dwell on. Yeah, it's something he's dwell on, absolutely. And maybe, but that's what we should change it. You know, we should come up with one. Mm. James, what's your uh, usernames look like these days? They're always a good starting point. This kind of <sighs> insult. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, to explain to the viewers, I, I actually. No, no, I'm not saying they're usernames. James just likes collecting usernames and. You know, they often could be a good starting point for an insult, to a, a male-gendered insult. You'll have to come back to me for that. All right, we'll come back to you. Come back to that, and we'll come back to this. It's a couple of things you need to ask me, but I forgot what they are. And squashcock. That's perfect. Squashcock? Yeah. Squashcock? Yeah. You old fucking squashcock. Don't you talk to me like that. Coming in here, squashing your cock. You talk to me like that again, I'll nut you. Linking pork. He They're really good and male specific. Mm. Licking pork sounds a bit more like an act than uh, 
That sounds like two knobs touching. Oh, linking for docking, isn't that? Is that what it is? Oh, apparently I know. We won't walk right into that one. You live in you do live near Hampstead Heath. I, I do. Yeah. We, need we say more? Why? <laughs> Don't tell me where I live. Oh gosh, sorry, you can edit that. No, that's uh, nice in general. Yeah. Let's leave you on a squash cock. Yeah, squash cock's good. Sounds quite dearing, actually, though. Yeah, no, he's a squash cock. He'd done something slightly irritating, but charming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot to buy the milk. Oh, he's squash cock. Oh, what a squash cock. No, or it's like an 18th century kind of insult. It's like, he's a squash cock of the highest valour or something, you know, this kind of thing. A favourite of James's, Phil Carl, and someone else in the vicinity. Oh, I know. No. Pointing out James, I was trying to point out. Oh, no, because he's the right Jill one. That one looked like you're pointing to uh, your squeeze. No, so we're doing Phil Collins against all the odds. And James, as it is your favourite, let's give us your path. One of your patented monologues. Uh, well, against all odds. First of all, let's get the title right. Yeah. What did I say? Against all the odds. Oh. It's, no, it's a, there's a certain difference there. That's fine. I mean, to me, this is a, a song. This is an anthem, right? This is an anthem. Everybody knows this song. I, I think the lyrics especially are really, really good. And I think in music, there's these great humanist lyrics that people, lines that people say that resonate with a lot of people. So, for example, um, you know, like Mr. Brightside, where it's like, I just can't look, it's killing me. Or uh, one I always think about is Losing My Religion, where he says, Life is bigger than you, and you are not me. Like, that's a song that everybody sings and feels quite deeply. So I think you're the only one who really knew me at all. Like, that's a lyric that everybody can relate to. And the whole song's full of lines like that. And I I just really think it's a fantastic song. Uh, I love the way the drums kick in after the first chorus, which is, I'm an absolute sucker for that kind of thing. In general, the way the entire song crescendos towards the end, uh, I think it's brilliant. Now, I think the one thing that Phil brings to this is he's singing a song about heartbreak and you look about you look at Phil Collins and you think he's had heartbreak, you know. He's a he's a normal looking, balding English guy and there's a believability, I think, and I think that artists need that when they're singing. You know, you need- Would you agree that when he says that the divorce transformed him from being a musician into being a lyricist? Um, yeah, well, he did a good job here, so I'd say yeah. I just I, I had this conversation with my mother actually before. I think about Joy Division, and you know how Ian Curtis's voice is a bit of a quiet taste maybe to some people. But mm-hmm. when Ian Curtis sings, and I'm not comparing Ian Curtis to Phil Phil Collins, just um, you know he's got that believability where you know he's singing from a, a perspective of pain, right? And I I think Phil's doing that here, singing from a perspective of heartbreak, and I believe him. And that makes the song more impactful for me. So I just think it's one of the, it's a fantastic song. Really like it. Hall of Fame tick. I think we've got to be a bit wary of putting Ian Curtis in the same Thank you. breath as Will Collins. That song there. Very different. Very yeah. I I mean Marisa, do you want to tell me more about that? Oh, what, the Ian Curtis thing? Or just a Song in general, the Phil Collins song. No, no. I just, um, yeah, I don't think it should be mentioned in the same sentence. That's all I've got to say about that. 
completely different kettle fish. I think you made a mistake in what I said, though, because you take for a modern example, you got someone like Olivia Rodrigo, right? Who's who's like drop dead gorgeous, and she's a millionaire from LA. But her songs are all about like, oh, I'm so ugly and no nobody likes me and all this kind of stuff. And it's totally, do you know what I mean? I think artists need that integrity and they need that believability. And I, I think that Phil's got that. Because he's your average looking man. Because he, he looks like he's been through this thing that he's talking about in the song. It hasn't been written by somebody else for him or anything like that. You know what I mean? It feels like he's from quite deep within it. So forgetting the music for a second, it's more a place of emotion, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think it's an honest song from him, I'd say. An honest song. Well, it is a classic love song. Like, probably one of the biggest classic love songs, isn't it? Steve Wright love song tackle. Steve Wright. I think he goes beyond something like Steve Wright, because Steve Wright's like cheesy. I don't think this song is necessarily cheesy. I think this is cheesy. Yeah. (laughs) See, I think James, I think no, I'm just gonna have to cheesy. James, I'm gonna have to put a little arm on your shoulder and say, Lad. Well, the viewers can decide. Do you smell the fromage here? Because it's whiffy. And and that's not a bad thing, James. Look, this is coming from Mr. Wetter himself. You know, I love a cheese and I'm not saying I you know, it's I don't not like this song, but it's a cheesy ass song. And I do you know what I think he's really, as you always do put yourself very eloquently and I think I, I'm very in hasten to agree with you. I'm feeling defensive. Um, you're feeling defensive, your guard is up, yeah. you know, you've got your rock foot out of the fridge and you're waving it about at me here and I'm, <laughs> I'm having a little nibble on it but I'm not going to eat the whole thing. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I think it's a stone wall classic and I respect it for that and for that it's Louis. Doth of the week. I am dothing my cap to Phil. I said we're dothing the beanie at this south. No, I didn't expect you to. But um, yeah, any more Mal on this? Um, I don't think he's got a great voice. Just going to put it out there. He's not got a great range. He's not. He's not a great singer in terms of. I mean, he's obviously better singer than I am, but he's not. He's he's not bad, is he? I don't know. Sorry, James. Um. But I have said he does know when to make a crescendo. Yeah. Yeah, those crescendos are. Yeah. I'll I'll give him that. Um, James, James. I'm annoyed. Well, we all get a little bit mildly annoyed in this. I think think last week I started very annoyed at the beginning. The lack of Frankie goes on. We all have our moments with how we react. And I think that's, you know, we can think of it as therapy for us all on a Monday. Who's annoyed? Let it out. Marita, are you annoyed? No, I said that you look slightly annoyed. No, 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 no I'm fine. I, I, to me, I, I agree with you about Phil. I don't think he's a particularly amazing singer. I just think he... I, I just think the lyrics are great. Would you say uh, he's mainly have male fans, James? Male divorcee fans, yes, probably. The video of the concert for the video of it was just wall towards 40 old sausage next to each other. It was, it was incredible. Sausage party. Yeah. Massive sausage party. Um, and I'll just leave you with its original title. You'll never guess it. Um, how can you just sit there? <laughs> that, yeah, good job he scrapped that. <laughs> um, you know, these only one who sat there at all. <laughs> Do you think that's him saying that, or do you think that's his divorced wife? 
It's a good question, actually, isn't it? Mm. Well, it's him. Maybe that. Yeah. I think it's sort of like him saying her, isn't it? Because, yeah, I'm presuming and probably unfairly that she's divorcing him. Yeah. Right? Yeah, she's left. Not this. We're speculating, obviously. She's left and he's annoyed. The papers have just been handed over and he's up in arms and he says, how can you just sit there? And then he's, and then he's sort of, because she, he's, he, he's like banging the piano. That's the same. Like, how can you just sit there? Oh, that's a good chord. And then, and then it's come along. Yeah. So, you know, I doff my cap for finding inspiration in a divorce. Well done. Well done, Phil. Well done, Phil. Um, it's your boy. It's your boy, Frankie. He's gone to Hollywood and he's written a song called True Tribes. James, we talked about this last time. I'm really not a fan of Frankie Goes to Hollywood at all. I just find these songs really like overblown and bloated. And uh, just, again, it's a song about Cold War, nuclear apocalypse. It just doesn't. I can't imagine Gorbachev being like, hang on, let us stop this stuff. <laughs> I'm giving Reagan a ring. Um, <laughs> Obviously, he's not trying to do that, but... Well, he might have been if you've seen the video. It's Reagan and Gorbachev having a little blow-to-blow, blow, little fight. Uh, okay. Yeah. I just, it's a bit all over the place for me, and I just... I just I, it's not consistent enough. It, it, it's in a way, it's like a very un-pop pop song in, in a certain way. Um, it, it doesn't really go back always to the same hooks, so... Well, I mean, it does with the chorus, but I don't know. It's a bit all over the place, musically, but... Yeah, no, I didn't, didn't particularly like it. No, yeah, Mel? I agree. It's a roller coaster, but not in a particularly good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. As a mishmash. It's got a build-up, but doesn't really get off the ground. And that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Okay. What about you, Liam? I quite like the music. I quite like the... The one we listened to last time, the um, relax. It's quite. I just quite like that sort of beefiness. You know, it was a bit like safety dance as well. That sort of quite. You can see they're all similar for me. There is the sense quite. It's quite fast, quite driving little bass line, and I'm all, like, I'm already in, and I'm already up, so I'm there for it. I'm happy with that. But like, I think try and put myself back to when I was not there in the eighties, and you know, I think it was very important for people tracks like this and like other ones that we've listened to you know like relax obviously we talked about the importance of that despite maybe we not liking it as much now uh you guys maybe but um i think this also was like a big release for people like a big like at some of the real heights of like real turmoil and you know getting a release through music was a way to sort of get through these times dare i say um i think i'm there for that and i'm impressed that they've written a track that's resonated so well with those people of that time, not having an effect on us now, which makes sense almost, right? Could you, could you even say that this is almost like the beginning of rave culture a little bit, that it's like this big, noisy, and I imagine, I, I was thinking when you were talking then, Louis, that in certain, certain, some of these songs, it's be like where you listen to it. You know, if you listen to, to this in a nightclub with a really good bass, you know, set up. It could be pretty thumping. Well, it's 
it's spot on, man. It's like four on the floor. It's very dancey or you know origins and like that. That's why I'm obviously liking it. I've said at the start of all of this that I'm a dance person, like house music, whatever. But yeah, there's definitely something there. It's like very produced. It's very like electronically created, and that's a boring way to say it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think you know it's like it's a very ordered pop song, right? And it, and it, yeah, I think to say that it's going towards rave. It's quite a good shout. Um, yeah, I'm down for that. Kind of, I imagine this being played in a warehouse in Manchester or Liverpool. So that's where I hear it. You know, people go nuts to it. Yeah, they love yeah. it. And you know, political times are pretty mad at the moment as well. Do you imagine someone writing a political song now and it going big? Not really. No, that's quite interesting. Like. What was that thing where all the celebrities sang one line of a match? Ah, I was just thinking about it. Was that, that that one person? That one person with that mercenary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did all this shit afterward? Oh my god! Yeah, cringe. It's just like I think those times have gone. Like you can't do that. Like I guess without being like just like this is a pastiche of itself. Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel, White Lines, don't do it. Most importantly, kids, no drugs, okay? Mal, one takes away. When he says bass, I lose it. Like, bass, Um And I think up until listening to it in this context, I'm kind of researching a bit about the song and actually realise it was promoting not taking drugs. I think I always thought it was about it was, snorting lines up your nose was a really good thing to do. I think it was. I think it re- very initially it was sort of not glamorizing, but like, oh, this is happening. Everyone's quite enjoying it. Uh-huh. And then, you know, commercially they didn't want, couldn't release it. So they had to, don't do it, you know. And I think mm-hmm. it sort of went through many phases, I think, but like 100%, it's a popular song. For taking drugs, like it's, I mean, it's a dance song. <laughs> it's a dance rap song. Like it's, yeah, it's vibes. Um, I've yeah. been drug taking, and I'm I'm here for it. I mean, yeah, if you if you hear that, you're not taking drugs before. You might be like, I'm just not this good. If this is what's happening off the back of it, then I'll give it a try. You know? I'll give it a try. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did some coke before this podcast, actually, just to. <laughs> to be your point yeah that's a joke it's a joke don't advocate drugs kids no. um one of the comments sorry I was just thinking oh. about sometimes you see these memes about um oh my cousin smoked some weed and shot himself <laughs> and died and all these kind of these stupid memes about people smoking weed and dying to let it scare people <laughs> uh, well you know the public love it Nothing, quote from YouTube, nothing like a bump before hitting the dance floor. And response, response below, you need rehab. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> Um James, do you like it? Yeah, I think it's great. It's a, it's a hip-hop classic, right? It's a bit, um, yeah, this sounds really cheesy, right? But um, if the message was Genesis, this is Exodus. You know what I mean? Going biblical with it, yeah. It's like the follow-up is the one of the the second biggest hip hop anthem of the eighties, perhaps. 
those are those moments, you know, take it higher, maybe. They're just also iconic, right? They're in the, the bass line's incredible. Uh, I think maybe it does go on a little too long, but um, I agree. It's still a great song. Yeah, really good track. So, and obviously for the average now buyer to have this sort of slice of hip hop slice of hip hop in their life, I think it's a really positive thing. So, yeah, really great song. Yeah, definitely up there. Um, interestingly, the uh, the use of the Cavern sample by by Liquid Liquid. Uh, they didn't claim it on the uh, release and of course that resulted in many years of lawsuits ultimately going in Liquid Liquid's favour but interestingly as a result the $600,000 judgement against the Sugar Hill record label declared them bankrupt and so they've actually it's not been a biggest earner despite being its popular how mad is that? That's tragic. That's the kind of era where you just sample things and don't really get it cleared, right? And that's and they clear out to bite you in twenty years. It's all short. Um, do you want to know a fun fact about the unofficial music video? I'll let James answer it because I know it. I do you want to guess who directed it, James? I think eighties. I'm not going to say anything else actually because it'll give it away. I mean, eighties. Uh, Full name, what the same name as another director who's a white man. I've seen no idea, sorry. No, it's okay. Um, Spike Lee directed the official video, who was then an NYU film student. And in the video, a young Lawrence Fishburne made an appearance. Quality, quality fact. Obvious. Right? Yeah. What pill did he yeah. take? Red or the blue pill? Or just loads of curve and the white line? <laughs> um, Hall of Fame, you two? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. That's a, that's a Marita second. Well done, mates. The specials and Nelson Mandela. James, want to take us up? Yeah, this is my Hall of Fame, my second Hall of Fame. I just think it's a really, really great song. I think it's, I love the the vocal. I think his voice sounds fantastic. Um, the female vocal, the back and forth. It's just a really incredible protest song. And um, I can understand why so many people since then have covered it, sang it live, you know, had, it, had a huge resonance in South Africa. To be honest, I don't know as much about Nelson Mandela as I probably should, um, especially on study politics. But... Um, no, I think it's fantastic, and honestly, I wasn't aware of this song, uh, and I kind of like the specials, but never anything more than a lukewarm like. And I think this is probably the best song that I, that I know of from the specials. To be honest, it I really like it. Yeah, it's so vibes, is it? So catchy, so dancey. You can't not move straight away, and so like we're starting right away. That that that. You know, the gospel or choral, you know, oh, it's, it's actually a quality song. And um, a couple of the singers, uh, see Claudia Fontaine and Karen Wheeler, were two who went on to feature in Salt Salt. Oh. What was their big song? They had a big one. Back to life. Uh, what year do you reckon that came out? 88. Oh. 88. That's what I was. Really? Or is it really nice about last year? I remember winning that. I won. 
No, no, James, you are right. 1989. Yeah. Must have been really hard up for songs to play on the radio because I remember being little and that was being on. It's on all the time, wasn't it? All the time. Do you reckon it got re-released? I think there was quite a few versions of it as well because it's an original. Isn't it like an acapella song originally? And then they put soft. They they put a backing track to it. Right. It won a Grammy in nineteen ninety, so we like kickstarted it by into the nineties afterwards. Right. Mm. So yeah, um, uh, interesting, interesting origins. <laughs> Back to Nelson Mandela. Were you yeah. guys aware of this song um, before listening to this album? No. No? Uh, yeah, I yeah. heard this. Yeah. yeah. I find it difficult to not hear Nelson Mandela's name and be like, free Nelson Mandela. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just in your lexicon now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is, it, I don't think, a bad thing at all. No, no, no it's not. Um also, uh, do you know about something called the Mandela Effect? Oh, yes. Talk about it. Yes. So it's basically, I don't know how you describe it, a uh, collective amnesia or collective like false memory, as yeah. you would call it, mm-hmm. um, where loads of people in the 80s swear blind that they remember Nelson Mandela dying in prison. And there's loads of instances of like, people's memory failing them like there's one about Bernstein bears and there's one about uh, you know the monkey from Curious George people swear blind that it had a tail and it's never had a tail or like how Febreze is spelled there's all kinds uh, of yeah I've seen that Febreze one there's yeah. so many good ones aren't there yeah yeah nice little anecdote F you right. but like it's such a thing isn't it like if you if you've got memories about things, you'll have made like not made them up and you've contorted them into another version, really. Yeah. Even if it's like in a bad light or a good light, it doesn't matter. It's just you've got it's so mad, isn't it? Why why your memory does that? And how can that happen collectively as well? Uh, yeah, I know. It's like part rumour or part like like you'll say someone say, Oh, yeah, Master Mandela dies. And like you're just not into the news or something, you go, oh, really? And then you just sort of taken that. And you'd be mad to not know that. Like, yeah. I read, I read an article on it earlier when I should have been working. Uh, sorry. And <laughs> 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 uh, some lecturer from Manchester University was interviewed, and he basically said that we're presented with so much information all the time, mm. basically giving credence to your theory, Louis, that we just like, have bits of information and we just kind of jump onto the next thing without properly checking or verifying. So I reckon this kind of jingle bleeds into our right wing listeners, <laughs> listenership. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Maybe listen up. It's, it's all bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but especially now with like social media and everything and just that onslaught of information. My space, a space party. MSN. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Oh, well, top classic. Womack and Womack, love wars. Talking about love wars. Marita's making faces again, but I know because she revealed in the group chat that she liked it. Naughty, 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 naughty. Never reveal. Never reveal. Hey, tell us how you love it. It's so good, isn't it? Oh my God, what a stonker. 
Um, so I, you know, I did my homework wrong a few weeks ago, and I listened oh, to yeah. this album instead of, and I um, was listening to it during the day whilst I was working. I kind of said, I know. At the time, I glazed over this one. Had you heard it before? N- no, um, but upon re-listening today, I probably have listened to it at least 20 times. Like, I'm not joking. Since, like, half seven this morning, I've basically not had it off. Do you reckon you get bored of it? Um, yeah. No, no, <laughs> okay. I don't, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure you can get bored of it. Like, yeah, well, this is it. That's what I'm saying. It's, uh, it's bloody marvellous. <laughs> I, I, what do you do with a song like this, right? So you've just revealed that you've listened to it 20 times. Like, now will that go down to 15 tomorrow? Will it go up? And will you ruin it for yourself this week? Definitely ruin it for myself this week. And then when I get my Spotify wrapped and it's like in my top, I don't know, 50 songs or whatever, I've yeah. never listened to it again. Because <laughs> <laughs> is that how these things always work? Like you absolutely obliterate a song. Yeah. It's rarely do they always stand the test. Or does it just need a couple of months off and then it will come on a shuffle and you'll be like, oh, that's, that's great. Yeah, maybe that, maybe it's a lot. Yeah. Did you listen to the album? It's from. No, I was too busy to through playing that one track. Yeah, too much homework to do anyway, to be fair. Oh, did you? Well, things for me in this song, I got a great book from a family friend for, I think it was for my birthday a couple of years ago. And it was like one of those sort of big, like, bumper books of lists. And it's like, music you should know or something like that. Mm. And it's really good. And like, you know, you know, some of the albums, it's, it's album by album. Um, and it's very selective. It's got really good little readable parts about each album and it's all genres. It's really interesting. And um, in lockdown, I got it, I think. And um, I used to go on little walks on my lunch break and put an album on. Mm. Uh, it was a really nice way to like break up the day. And yeah, this album, my memory is so bad that I can't really tell you like the names and stuff, but like this stood out for me, not knowing it was a single at the time of this album. And I'd say the album is brilliant as well. So definitely check it out. Check, check out the Womax at their best. But yeah, I love it. And I'm a late comers to the Womax, but I, I love it. It's also, it's quite Prince-esque, isn't it? Mm. I kind of came to that realisation Quite the sixth time I listened to it. Um, did you know that Linda Womack is the daughter of, drum roll please, and you'll probably get this from like, if you listen to the like first three seconds of it, Sam Cooke. Oh, I didn't know that. that. That's cool. Yes, isn't it? Um, and then I had a little bit of a fear, mainly by the 10th time of listening to it, I was like, oh, no, is Mr. Womack a woman beater? Because there's a line, I promise to stop boxing you round. Yes. Um, then I had a bit of a, bit of a fear, and I was like, is he, is he an Ike Turner? Um, yeah. And a quick look on Wikipedia shows that he's got every problem with the son, but a woman beater isn't one of them. One of the oh. problems being he had an affair with his 17-year-old stepdaughter. So I'm not going to let that tarnish the song, but just, just more, you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Womack and Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I liked it out by saying I love their name, Womack and Womack. Womack. So simple, yeah. you know, rather than just the Womacks. Yeah. 
they later record they moved to Africa in the nineties. It was general Africa for some reason. I don't know why I didn't tell me something specific. General Africa, you know. Huge. Um, yeah, it's a big country, Africa, isn't it? Um, they later recorded with their seven children as a band called the House of the Zacharias. Oh, that sounds culty, doesn't it? Yeah. Especially given the news you told us there. Um, yeah, well, as a dampener on a good song. Sorry, I didn't mean to be a Debbie Downer. No, but we've got to know these I things. It's, with, it's up to us whether we separate the people from the music or the music from the stepchildren. Yeah. Um, yeah. Moving on. Um, uh, Hall of Fame there, was it, probably? Absolute Hall of Famer. I'm waving that beanie. Round oh, 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 dothing. Yeah. Dothing to Linda, our Linda. I think it was in my turn to be a Debbie Downer that I didn't enjoy the song as much as you guys did. <gasps> oh. Ooh, how? I don't think it's a bad song. I don't think it's a bad song. I really like the, that really nice synthy bass going to it, but... And I just didn't do... Didn't, I didn't really know what it's about. What is it about? What's love was? What is it? It's about hating and loving someone at the yeah. same time. Doing boxing them around, that kind of thing. Hopefully not that, but no. you know, hopefully, yes. <laughs> I might get. I think I need to give it more time. How I need to. I need to give this one. Give it a couple of yeah. listens. Try the album and see what the album's saying for you. There was a good lyric here, which obviously um, could be interpreted quite literally, but I thought I took it quite um, metaphorically, and it was: we need to get our act together, take it off the street bring it on home, and drop them guns on the floor. And I thought that was a really good lyric of, like, you could see it very literally, like, you know, drop guns, whatever, but don't use guns. But obviously, I think it's more like maybe that the argument is ongoing. It's not necessary that you had an argument out and about. When you're coming into our house, our safe place, let's not come in guns blazing. Let's reserve respect and approach this nicely and i took it like that i thought that was lovely you offered uh, do you offer marital guidance services louis <laughs> uh well i paid by the hour mate so if you can add another extra arm to this uh, we'll, we'll sell the hotline yeah but i think that's i think that was lovely i thought that was good i think the lyrics are good i think i find a lot of the when i look at the lyrics for a lot of these songs i find them a bit the same They've all run the same words, and I think this stood out as like something. It's a bit, there's something a bit more substance to this. Yeah, it's more, more meaty, more, yeah, more, yeah, substantial. And um, starting with absence makes the heart grow fonder. It's just straight into it. It's no, no, no about you said, yeah. It's quite impressive that you know, despite all the faults that we obviously know that you know, this is a couple writing together. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, no, is it? Shows a mature Aaron. Uh, I yeah. wouldn't get uh, Will Collins, would you? No. Well, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I do think that you're onto something. That... Don't just sit there. Write a song with me. <laughs> Stop sitting <laughs> there. That meant. That's my decision. I think you squash cock. Um, you squash oh, for rumours to believe. That's my chair. You're in my nice chair. Bill divorced his wife by, via fax, if you believe the rumours. <laughs> true story. That's not true. Have you made that? Oh, no, it's true. It's, well, it, there's a rumour that he divorced his wife by the facts or something. Yeah. That's the most Alan Park. I think he's responded in 
and said no it's like a made up uh, like it's a there was a fact involved but it wasn't the thing but and how did you respond by a page yeah. or Facebook uh, I was, was going to say I to say my space <laughs> <laughs> you know but I, I think you're on something there Louis that the you know a lot of us a lot of songs we're going to see are sugary sweet love songs and things like that and to write a complicated love song is it artful and what you yeah. what you talked about reminded me of um, uh, Bruce Springsteen's album uh, Tunnel of Love which is just after his divorce and like every song on it is basically about him and his wife and him and his ex-wife and how how did it end up like that and serious love songs you know not just like not like what was that song the ABC ripoff song Candy Girl no. not like that you know something a bit more adult Candy Girl so, yeah yeah So we're on the style council. You're the best thing. Now, I've completely forgotten what this song is like. James, what do you think? What do you think of this sexy Schindler's lift I've put? It's a door for the cat for me, Louis. Oh. Dothy. Cat. Dothy. Uh, oh. We continue the evolution of Paul of Paul Weller from Eaton Rifles to You're the best thing. Well, it is uh, very much an evolution, isn't it? I'm enjoying seeing Paul delve into a silky smooth young soul man. And um yeah, I just like it. I think it's a really sophisticated pop, which is something we've talked about at the panel. Yeah. Um, sophisticated pop music for the discerning viewer. And um, <laughs> I, I really like the sax solo. Uh, really, really nice breathy sax solo. Uh, you know, it could be the worst solo in the world, and if it has a nice sax solo, it's got me a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah, I like it a lot. Um, I quite like the style council, to be honest. I think they're a good band, and uh, I like to see just Paul Weller evolving as a musician. Not really, don't really rate him after the style council, to be honest. Like all his ninety stuff, don't really work for me. But yeah, no, I like it. A uh, really nice ballad, really nice song. Um, bit middle of the road, but you know, you feel she's trapped in, where the week, Doth of the cap. Let's enjoy it. Where is it? I did think this was going to be your wet of the week, Noe. So, yeah, I guess it could have been the wet of the week, but I didn't like it that much. So, I haven't given it the wet. Um, I think the wet of the week is if I, I have to like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Um, you think of it. I've just written the song will call them of a wet blanket. Um, mm. And then I've written when he says, hey, 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 like he's trying to catch his breath. That made me laugh. Um, and but you think it was a bad recording? He just went, hey, 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 come back in. Uh, well, I was thoroughly disappointed to find out this was Paul Weller. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the jam, but my God, a town called Malice, etc. et al., you know, quite good iconic songs yeah now, this is Paul Weller shame on you for sir I, I understand why you doffing your cap because he's musically talented but my god you've gone from that to this that is disappointing uh you know I come on mate like right like I said it sounds like a sexy lit you know it's porno-esque 
It's 70s porno esque. Yeah, it's rubbish. Porno guitar, yeah. Porno guitar. Um, That's squishy bass, though. I like that bass. Ball. Squishy. Yeah. The only squish is, it, is it's a squishy, wet, water wet bed uh, part of it. I, I throw titles on it. Yeah, just, you know, just smelling slightly after a couple of years, you know, stale water. Um, yeah, I mean, slightly every time you leave. Oh, just a little bit wet carpet. You can't see where the leak's coming from, but the carpet's just a bit wet. It's soggy underfoot. Yeah. You know, where you sleep, actually, with a wall bed. I have never done anybody with a wall bed. No, no, I think this is off the time, though. Water beds were really before our 90s heyday of the futon. But the futon's been around for ages. Uh, yeah. Bloody heavy. Have you tried to move one of those up a stairs, up a stairs? Um, I two flights of stairs in Amsterdam, and my God, it's the worst thing. Um, no, so uh, yeah, a wet blanket, a wet bed of a song, Paul. Uh, to answer a question you didn't ask, James, his later stuff. Uh, one of song I have heard it was the theme tune on Lead Balloon with Jack D. If you ever used to watch that TV show, that's a good song. Jim, that is just a ripoff, right? Lead Balloon, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. British version of it was good though. It was a good result. I think it's quite funny. Yeah, it was quite fun. Yeah, it's a show about nothing. It happens. You'll like that, so I'll send that in the group. But I don't remember what it's called. That was much more happy, cheery, like proper. There's a there's some music in that where there wasn't any music in this. Yeah. Was yeah, wears great, he wears a great jumper in the video. He does. I like a good net. It's a good bit, of, good bit of jumper. And that's your jumper of the week. That's Louis' jumper of the week, to be fair. So, adding to the final pop star, we can put that jumper on. Jump that I it's always Paul's white jumper, yeah. Paul's white jumper, oh. that, yeah. So, Thomas Dolby's glasses, Nikosha's eyebrows, yeah. Matt Bianco's hair. You know, it was Lamar's hair, wasn't it? Lamar's hair. It was Lamal's hair, but can any of these be substituted at any point? Yes. An absolute belting classic. Bob Marley, one love. One love. One love, everyone. Have you heard this, James? Yeah. One love to the hip-hop streets, one love for the... What is it? Clearly, you just the flu version. One love... If that times we cried, I'd have had it as long. Cover it, Marita. You did. Oh, good. Um, James? It's a, it's an anthem, isn't it? It's a modern, it's a hymn. Quite a religious song. I didn't really get that previously. I didn't really look at the lyrics, but a lot about the father of creation and all that. I think Bob Marley gets a bit of a pass when it comes to... Uh, you know, I think another singer, you'd feel a bit icky if they were talking about God, but because it's Bob, you're just like, we know he means it in a cool way. Uh, anything to say to church, you know, when they put this on, I'd go to church and they put this on. You know, oh, absolutely. No. One loves sing along. She's just blaring out of the, yeah, church on a oh, day. Every Sunday. Every week. Um, but you know, fantastic! It, it's a great anthem for bringing people together. I think, uh, regardless of where they're from and who they are. So, big ticks, big ticks, and uh, fantastic. Yeah, if I, had, if I still had my cap, I'd doth it to Mr. Bali. 
Absolutely. Well, no one's no one's not giving him the love, are they? You know, he's 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 doth worthy, but he doesn't need it. You know, he's yeah. he doesn't need the doth. He's legend. He's he's everything. Uh, it's a classic amongst many others. Uh, it's no doubt a hall of fame to me. Um, I was I initially didn't put it as a hall of fame, so I was like, oh, I think I prefer other songs of his. And I put it on for the first time listening to all this now album. I went five seconds. No, it's got to be up there. Um, What's your favourite Bob Marley song, though? Uh, Could You Be Loved is my favourite. It's hard, isn't it? I think Exodus is my but Yeah. Yeah. And you say that, I'm a bit talking. What about oh. Brown? Uh, Mr. Oh. Brown is a clown who drives through town in a coffin. It's <laughs> so good. It's so. Yeah. I'm, That's totally all this one. But. Yeah, there's, there's quite a lot of great Bob Marley songs. There's so many. And uh, they're working them all into a nice biopic coming out next year. Oh, God, but probably even somebody leading who doesn't look anything like him. Who Gary Oldman, Gary Oldman. <laughs> Timothy Spall is Bob Marley. <laughs> what? Really, who is it? Is it no, well, it, well, it's, a, it's a good actor called Kingsley Benadir who went to my school. And he's a good actor. And I saw the trailer just now because I didn't know this was happening. And I thought it was quite good. Okay. Tell me what you think of the accent, but otherwise. I mean, he's got so many children and grandchildren. Surely he's got one of them to play him. Although, did you see the States of New York, which is the Sopranos film? And they got Tony Soprano's son to play Tony as a kid. And it was just like, he doesn't even look like him. He's that. Oh, James Gladstone's son now. Yeah. And it was good reviews to it. Nah, it's a bit. It's a bit of a silly thing to do that, really. But, you know, love Sopranos, so I'm all there for it. Um, but literally, I, I don't have much to say other than it's just bloody fantastic. Um, some quotes were coming up that he said that I, I don't really know. Did you know any Bob Marley quotes? Not as in his lyrics, but as in things what he said. Say? No. One good thing about music, when it hits you, you feel no pain. That's in a song, isn't it? Maybe it is a lyric. Yeah. <laughs> um, can't, same can't be said for Matt Bianco or Giandra Andersler. More Nick Kershaw. More Phil Collins. Leave those lads out of it, Mal. Those My guys seem dull. That's a sacred dull. Uh, it is interesting that, that he wrote the original like version of this in 1965. Really? By the music that's coming out at that time, that is so good for that time. Right. Yeah. And different. Yeah. Really good stuff. Another good Bob, sorry. No, go on. Yeah. I'm just going to say, quite topical, Louis. Another good Bob Lonnie song is Them Belly Full, But They Hungry, which is wild wow. at this moment in time. Of our bellies. <laughs> that's what you and me are. Yeah. Too much dropping. <laughs> I wonder if that's what it was about, like alluding to podcast. Like Monday night, is where straight after you eat before, feel sick during biscuits, uh, yeah, yeah, six biscuits. Uh, or yeah, I think that's what it was about, wasn't it? Oh, Bob, he knew, he knew. Um, well, Bob, what a star! Well done, well done. And last but not least. Uh, did anyone, hang on, have we got any Hall of Famers left? Have you had three, both of you? My last one is the next track. My last one is the next track. 
Mel, you got one left? I don't think I've used all three of mine, have I? Well, what were they? Uh, hang on. Thinking of Harry's. Annoying, isn't it? Thinking of you, Womack and Womack. Special? Womack. Thinking of you, I didn't choose the specials. In which Grandmaster Flash? Yeah, it was Grandmaster Flash. Oh, sorry. Yeah, so you've used a lot. So me and Jim going for our last third. Bronski beat Small Town Boy. One of my favourite songs of all time. I'm going to tell you. Yeah, one of my favourites. One of my favourites. Jim? As, as I'm speaking as a small town boy, um, I, I think it's just uh, the, that synth part is absolutely iconic, right? Uh, um, I think a lot of anybody, I know the song's really about somebody who's gay who's getting away from a kind of hostile environment, let's say. But I think the lyrics are kind of, in, they can be for anybody really, about anybody escaping outside of circumstances and leaving for something better when they feel misunderstood. And I think that's a kind of universal message that a lot, you know, a lot of people can resonate with. Um, you know, one thing, one thing I love about Bruce Springsteen and so many of his songs are like, they stand shit, I'm getting out of here. And uh, I certainly feel and I've uh, felt a lot in my life. Um, and last of all, I say any song that makes people feel less alone, I'm very much there for. So, uh, and the, the vocal is incredible. His voice is amazing. That voice. And there's a piano version on Spotify as well, a different version, which is really, you know, that really isolates that voice and, and you feel the power of it even more. Because it's so high, isn't it? That I think when I first heard it, I was just couldn't quite, I was like, wow, I have it. for five seconds, a little bit off put by it because I was not expecting it. Uh, obviously, I've heard it not just today, I've heard it for many years. But like when I remember that, just going, Christ, like this, I initially thought it sounded terrible. Like it's like this is just like someone sort of having me on, but then it would only took ten seconds and I was fully in, fully, fully in. That synth, that that real basis. Again, as we said earlier, for dance music going onwards, it's just everything is copied that now. Then sample that to the high end of every you know mix from now till then. Um, but just perfect dance music is brilliant and yeah I completely agree with your sentiment Jim it's not just a you know a popular queer uh, community song it's a it's a song for anyone who's felt different and left out um, and such a common story right yeah um, I, I, I would just a really as well as a banger an important song an absolutely important song Um Mal, any thoughts? I concur. I probably don't like it as much as you guys do, but it's a, it's a stonker. It's a stonker. That, that'll be wedding playlist. Oh, okay, great. Because it's, cause even if it, cause it is melancholic, it's still, I still want, I mean, a great quote here from, I um, can't really remember where I got it now, but this song takes the pain of rejection and makes it danceable. Which is an amazing thing, mm. really, mm. and I completely agree. Something such a hard subject, but to make you let's dance through it. Let's you know that's oh sterling. So yeah, two awards of fame there, Jim. Am I right? Yeah, definitely, mate. Well, we come to the end of another wonderful time with three amigos. Um, of course, you can, uh, if you haven't listened to the songs yet, you can listen to the Spotify playlist link in the description below. 
Uh, if you want to talk to us about any of the things we've talked about today, correct us mostly because half of it's bollocks, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> at that now podcast on Instagram, that now podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and the next one will be the second side of now three. Um, I haven't looked ahead. I don't know what's on it. Don't know if it'll be any as good as this. I somehow doubt that because we know that the second sides so far have usually been the wackest. Um, but there's always room for a bit of Howard Jones. There's always a little bit of room for more. Or Culture Club. Or Duran Duran. Do you think Howard's got like compromising pictures of Richard Branson and that's how he ends up on all of them? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of this something going on, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but yeah, quick review at the end. Uh, can I have your halls of fame and a grading of the album so far? James? My hall of fame is against all odds, Phil Collins. Uh, Nelson Mandela by The Specials. And Small Town Boy by Barsky Beat. And I would give this album a B plus. Those metal tracks, those four metal tracks just destroyed me. They're just so bad, those four metal tracks. That's still that's still good, because a B-plus isn't bad at all. No, I think it's one of the strongest we've had, yeah. Definitely the strongest we've had so far. Mal, what would you hasten to agree? I'd hasten to agree. I'm, I was going to say B-minus, but then, you know, the Sister Sledge song. Oh, I'm going to, yeah, sorry. I'm not sure it's going to get any better than this, to be honest. Yeah, I'm worried it won't. I think we might have peaked so early. Yeah, and I'm gonna go off B plus. Yeah, I have to. I have to agree. I think it's a perfect shout because the good ones are so good. Yeah, balance out the absolute dirge because there's some fucking dirge on this. But Mike, because imagine we've had albums where it was just like that. Well, it was mainly dirge and one or two, three song. And looking back on things, I was like, oh, it's a great song. I'm like, compared to things on here, that we got a scratch. We got a scratch. So well done now. You're finding your feet. Now three. Uh, B plus all round. Um, uh, Marita, correct me. What were your wall of fame's there? Thinking of you, Sister Sledge, White Lines, Grandmaster Flash, and of course, Love Wars, Womack and Womack. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Mine, just to recap, were Sister Sledge, Thinking of You, and then ending with Bob Marley when Love Brunsky beat Small Town Boy. And uh, I think that's it for today. That's how for now. Now for now. That was then, but this is now. Good night. Oh, that was then, but this is now. Good night. Good night.